0: Welcome to the Johnny Law Podcast, and thank you for listening. In this week's episode, I sit down with Greg. Once again, this is actually part two of a conversation that we had, back dating back before Valentine's Day, where we talked about serial killers, a subject that Greg is fascinated with, including the Night Stalker, H.H. Holmes, also known as Henry Howard Holmes, and some other topics that we kind of went down left field with so anyway thank you for listening if you like this podcast the best way to support is please leave us a rating you can go on itunes and leave a rating anywhere from one star to five stars go ahead and be honest with your ratings also leave a comment if you like it let us know what you like if you don't like it let us know what you don't like drop a comment thanks again for listening and hope you enjoy this episode so Greg is back, and we're going to talk about. I want. I, I'm kind of curious to hear what you want to talk about with the.
1: God, I keep want to
0: say yes. I keep want to say the something strangler, the night crawler. I don't know why the strangler, keeps
1: The Boston on. strangler.
0: Yeah, the night or night crawler, night stalker, night stalker,
1: night crawler is a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. That's right. Uh, <laughs> that's different. I, uh, yeah. I I think I've screwed that one up too. Night stalker. Yeah. Before I get into that, though, I. I I remembered. I was thinking about because uh, I will uh, get uh, to sh- or get shorty was on like a night or two ago, uh-huh. and on HBO. Both HBO uh, HBO has both get shorty and be cool, which is the sequel to get shorty, and that's the one we were talking about with the rock as in be cool. Where he does that scene where where were we Joe scene right? Yeah. But I was watching it, and it's a really great movie. But it got me to think, and I remember the guy's is Chili Palmer, but uh, it got me to think because we, we, we compare uh, The Rock and his movie career so much to Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the Arnold Schwarzenegger of today, and it made me think, what if Arnold, what if they cast Arnold to do some of The Rock's fucking roles that he's done in his career? Like, Could you imagine if he was Elliot the Closeted Homosexual and Be Cool? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, oh, you know what I like to do with Roscos. I like to put the whole drumstick in my mouth and just pull out that ball. Like you know, I don't uh, think
0: Arnold could do it. Arnold can do it. Like, you know, he he isn't a bad actor. He does uh, he does some of his uh, kids movies, Kindergarten Cop and Jingle oh, on the yeah. Way, stuff like that. He does pretty well
1: with the. Comedy. I don't.
0: Yeah, I don't think he could pull off the same. Uh, Comedy roles that Dwayne Johnson does. Dwayne Johnson does it pretty well, and um... I
1: agree. I think it's a testament to, to Dwayne, man, that he's yeah. he's got a little bit of range. He could play that guy because I can't imagine. You know, there's that scene in Be Cool where he gets his new red boots. He's wearing a tight leather like <laughs> cowboy outfit with red boots in his hat. And he's like, "Yes, woo!" and he's slapping his ass in the mirror and shit. And it's like, could you imagine if Arnold did that? It's like I can't even do that. I can't even picture it. You know, it, it's yeah. so otherworld because Arnold is probably the most macho actor in the history. Like, there's Humphrey Bogart, and then there's like Arnold Schwarzenegger for Hollywood macho ness all time. And he's like, you just can't, you can't picture it. It's just so otherworldly. Yeah, but uh, it's also fun to think about. And then the other idea was like, what if What if there was a contract dispute in between get shorty and be cool where Travolta drops out? He's not doing be cool because fuck you, whatever contract dispute. And so they recast Chili Palmer's character uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger as as the Shylock from Miami who's trying to be cool. And uh, that's also a funny idea. I think they don't explain it. It's just like, whoa, now Chili Palmer, suddenly Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's just the idea of bad, intentional bad casting is, is this idea for comedy that hasn't really been breached yet. That's really funny. I think that's a great idea. Intentional bad casting. That's funny. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, uh, Actors, I don't remember if I
0: already talked to you about this. Did I tell you about that movie, in and out that I randomly found on Amazon? Uh, yeah, you did. Amazon? Yeah. Okay. I've seen it,
1: yeah. Tom Selleck, No Mustache. It's really weird to look at. And then yeah. uh, and he also plays a, a closet homosexual. Yeah. I, I don't
0: know why. I thought that was so funny, seeing
1: seeing Tom Selleck in that role. I've seen both of them in that role.
0: But well, there's a,
1: there's a rumor. Yeah, Kevin Klein plays a high school drama teacher. Matt Dillon uh, was his old... You know, ASU uh, protege or student. And he, the movie starts off, I think he's in, he's teaching his drama class. And so you see Kevin Klein as a drama teacher at a high school. And he's well loved by his students. He's a little effeminate. And then he goes home to watch the Oscars with his wife that night because his star student from like 10 years ago is nominated to win Best Actor. And guess what? He wins. Matt Dillon. His character wins the uh, best actor, Academy Award for Best Actor. And in his acceptance speech, he gives a shout out to his high school drama teacher. And he goes, This is especially, this Oscar is especially for uh, my high school drama teacher, who's given me much inspiration for this part because I guess the part was he was a gay guy in the part. And he goes, Who is gay? And he outs Kevin Klein to everybody. But Kevin Klein isn't gay. He's just really effeminate. He's a metrosexual. But then he starts to question. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, it makes so much sense. I always knew it. And he's getting all this praise and celebrity and attention. And people are liking him. And he's like, well, maybe I should try this gay thing out. But and anyways, in and out. It's a comedy. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised. But anyway, Night Night Stalker. Night Stalker. Night Stalker. Yes. Did you see it? You watched it, right? I watched it. Disturbing. Yeah, man, I was one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is I feel like we're totally right now serial killers are so hot right now they're just so hot serial killers we can't stop we can't get enough of them and it's so in serial killers so we like did you see the one where uh, it's an HBO one um, I'll be gone in the dark about the Golden State Killer slash no. East Side rapist. No. Do you know about this guy?
0: Uh, No, I don't. I, that, that, that kind of thing is, is – nor- I watch Night Stalker, but that kind of thing is normally not my cup of tea. I just – I don't know. Not like I try and pretend that shit doesn't happen in the world. It just upsets me, so I don't like
1: it. Well, of course. It's, it's actually really upsetting, but I watch it, and I also, like, I fall in love with Gil Carillo, the fucking detective, the young detective. That guy was awesome who catches the Night Stalker, one of the guys – is salerno something frank salerno and 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 gil uh career that guy was awesome i love this story like i went to vietnam and i came back from vietnam i had three goals one was to get back together with my ex-girlfriend she dumped me when i went to the war i want to get back up i want to get back up uh, get back together and break up with her just to get revenge and i'm like (laughs) it's so honest and then it cuts (laughs) to it shows her like now that she's older and she's like yeah. Well, it didn't really work out that way <laughs> Eight months later. We were married, you know, and I just love that. That's so charming. And I just love that, that, that character and everything. The Guy was so genuine, honest and my kind of guy. I love that Gil Carrillo guy and he's a hero. And so I watched that and I watch his journey to catch this cocksucker, this evil fuck Satanist yeah. piece of shit. And there is beauty in war and it's, and it's, it's when you see self-sacrifice Self sacrifice is a form of love. And you see it in these these harsh, dark moments, people expose and they show their true character, who they are, and they do incredible feats. And that those moments are what make heroes, and that is beautiful in itself. And so, yeah, I watched that Gil Carrillo and I watched that that documentary. And the guy, the guy makes me tear up a little bit hearing his story and, and what he <laughs> went through. Get a little emotional about that. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to shy away and admit it, be afraid to admit it. But so I really like I really like really the uh, the Night Stalker. Uh, for that, it was really well done. I love the, the 1980s LA and the music and all that shit it was sexy and, and the looks of it. Uh, and then there were this those this fucking story about the dentist got me. You know, they they were able to zero in and find out where this guy went for, to to get his teeth fixed. And they, 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 they get the x-ray, the x-rays of this guy's dental problems. He sends it to one of his uh, dentist buddies, Gilda's, And the guy goes, I don't know. I, ca- I can't tell you anything about it, but I'll tell you this. He'll be back. Give it a week or so. He'll be back. He's got a real big whatever, you know, emerging incisor or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he won't be able to, to last very long without that getting fixed. And so like, oh, shit. And they put the two cops in the lobby, acting like they're in the waiting list. They're all, the idea is get two cops in there, dress them up like regulars, you know, civilians. They're just reading their fucking highlights magazine in the, in the lobby of the dentist's office like we used to as kids. And uh, they're just waiting for the guy to come in. And when he comes in, they arrest them. And they're there for like two, three days waiting in the lobby. And uh, the chief of police or whatever says, you "No, know, this is a waste of resources. We need these two cops out in the street on their beats. Um, so we're pulling them. We're, we'll just do one of those burglary alarm button things that we put in banks that if the guy shows up, the dentist can push the bun to, the button and you guys can come and arrest the cocksucker. So they set it up and then, yeah. And then he gets a call the very next day from the dentist in the afternoon. He goes, where were you guys? And he's like, what do you mean? He goes, the guy was in here. I was pressing the button. You guys never came. And, uh, and he just realized, yeah, the fucking thing happened to malfunction. And the very next day after they pulled those cops out of the uh, out of the office, the guy came in. And that serial killer ended up killing multiple more many more people after that. <sighs> what are the chances, man? Months and months. What are the chances? Yeah. So you, you get little stories like that, you're like, oh, that's fucking rough. And uh but incredible detective mystery stuff, and it's real life. The stakes are or actual, and this guy was probably the most vicious, fucked up, um, serial killer type I've ever heard of. He's, the only other guy I can think of is probably that Triple H serial killer from the 1800s, the late 19th century in America, Chicago. That guy was, that guy was probably worse. It's hard to say. Um, He was the the reason why Triple H is the first American serial killer in our history, right? I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, I can't think of his name. Like Howard Hubert Holmes. Oh, um, ah, damn it! I can just Um, what? No,
0: no, no. I'm just trying to remember too. Um, (sighs) Let's see here.
1: Not the wrestler. H.H. Holmes, and his name was Herbert Howard Howard Hughes, is that it? No, not Howard Hughes, you motherfucker. So his actual name was Herman Webster Mudgett, born 1861, and I think he was executed in 1896. But he was known as Dr. Henry Howard Holmes, H.H. Henry Howard Holmes, (laughs) Herbert Hoover. Herbert Hoover's a president, and also a murderer, (laughs) likely, but uh, he murdered a lot of... There's a reason why we called him Hoovervilles during the Great Depression, but uh, no, no, no. Uh, Triple H, this guy was just fucking ridiculous. Most notorious serial killer in in our history, I bet. Uh, Raised in Indiana or some shit. Country. I think he was abused a lot. Or he had like a really vicious, mean mother, abusive mother to him. And so he just kind of took on that persona of being an evil, bad sh- shithead. You know, he was just, you know, I, when you raise a kid and you, you'll have, you'll have destructive type children and it's just kind of their temperament. And there's a way you deal with them. And I think there's certain kids you want to encourage them to be good. And there's certain kids where you want to discourage them from being bad. And that's kind of how you discipline a little bit. And it's an art for how you take each child and and, and handle it. Uh, Some children are inherently more destructive. And you want to be careful about over punishing them, I think. Because then they just become that identity. They just accept that they're just a bad, they're bad. And they're always going to be bad. And they embrace it. And that's kind of what happened with this guy. And uh, he might have been born a psychopath. probably was, quite frankly. But um, he's highly intelligent, goes to school, becomes a doctor, gets enough money or whatever. He buys a, a property in Chicago. Now, it might have been a building that he remodeled, completely gutted. I think he, he built it from the ground up, though. It's a three-story building with a basement. Okay, And uh, he had it designed with an architect and all this shit and he had it built out and it was designed to be on the ground level. Retail his 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 office, his doctor's office space. And then the two upstairs, uh, the second and third floors were to be rental rooms like a hotel or, or apartments. And he built the hallways and the rooms as such to be a labyrinth so people would get lost in the dark. Back then, there wasn't really electricity, so they had to use candles. If they needed to get up, to use the loo. And uh, the idea was they'd get lost in the labyrinth of the hallways, going through a wrong door, which would be a trap door, that would take them down to the basement where he had his torture chamber. And then he'd strap them up, and he would... Disembowel them and just have his way, his, his vicious, uh. wretched way. And uh, he got caught. I think his he got caught because, like Jack the Ripper was his inspiration. He was a noted fan of Jack the Rippers. And Jack the Ripper was famously never caught. I think he killed twelve or thirteen prostitutes in in London, eighteen seventies. Never caught. We don't know who the fucking guy was. People might have theories, but we never. We don't know. Him. Uh, this guy got caught and he was one of the biggest dramas. He was like the first courtroom drama in American culture history. It was done through the newspaper. People obviously, I think he was tried in Kansas city somehow and people that the courtroom was loaded with people trying to witness it. And of course, reporters were in there and they were reporting the happenings of his court case in, uh, while it was happening and, and, you know, people could read about it in the newspapers. Uh, so he, he got caught because he had a, uh, an apprentice for his, who worked like a, as a doctor's assistant, like a PA, I guess, a physician's assistant. And mm-hmm. this guy was also used to lure victims to stay at his hotel. Right. And, uh, I think Not knowingly, the, the yeah, he was in on it. He was in, it. on it. he was in on, he got huh. paid. I think he was from humble, poor upbringing. He needed to support his family. of like fucking, you know, like at least three kids, maybe five and his wife. And so he got paid for bringing victims, uh, over and luring over. And so he was totally in on it. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, I forgot. I got to bring up this point they had the, they used to do the world's fair in Chicago, right? Where they'd show all these inventions or whatever. I don't know, but it was like a world's fair. People would come from all over the country to Chicago for the month long world fair or whatever. And they think he probably got 20 some odd people victims out of that world fair that would came to see the fair. It'd come from somewhere in the Midwest, some town, some farm or whatever. And they would stay over at his place and, they never came back home. So the families would be like, okay, he's supposed to be back in a month or so. And then, you know, that's a longer period where you, you know, today, if you go five minutes without texting your girlfriend back, she freaks out, right? You know, yes. back then you, you couldn't do that. If you're going to go somewhere, you said, okay, I think I'll be back in about a month. Right. And so like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll send you a telegram once I arrive to Chicago. Great. Right. And then so the month, you get the telegram, fine. It was expensive. Johnny, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. It was expensive. Um, and uh, so you didn't want to do it all the time. It was only for like emergencies or whatever. But then, yeah, the month would elapse or so. And then after a while, the family would be like, where the fuck is this guy? He should be back by now. And it was just like impossible to ever they just went missing. That's it. Gone. That's it. Nothing you could do about it. Too much time had passed, and and it's too far of a distance. You know? Be a long trek on the train to get there. So uh
0: Which you would think he'd be he'd be kind of curious about that being a sounds like somewhat of an intelligent guy. He'd be he'd be wondering, you know, are people gonna wonder where all these people go after they come to stay with me? Or they're telling their family members or loved ones, like, yeah, I'm going to stay with this doctor in Chicago and then they just never come back. Wasn't he thinking that would add up one day?
1: Uh, Apparently. uh, I don't know. I can't, I don't know the exact specifics of how he chooses victims. Maybe. I mean, he did whole families, I think in that fucking place, but he got caught. I think he got caught because his apprentice guy turned on him. Hmm. And then he went to, to go after, he went to go after his family, probably in Kansas city. This is how it probably happened in Kansas city. He went after his family in Kansas City. That's where he got caught. But he, he murdered and like ate a child or tortured these, like his whole family murdered him. And, uh, and that was that he got caught doing it. He did it to his own apprentices, family. And, uh, it's really fucked up, really fuck up description of what, what he did. And so, so he would torture them, too? He wouldn't just... Yeah, he got off the torturing. And, like, so he would disembowel. He would open them up and, and play around with their organs and, and examine their bodies and shit, you know? That's fucking sick. It is sick. Doctors? There are a lot of doctors. You know, if, they're, if you're an amoral doctor, especially from back then, but even today, it's like I, I heard, like, Dr. Fauci... Uh, tested vaccines on orphan kids back in like the eighties or nineties or some shit or 2000s because they didn't have any parents to to vouch for them to stop to to stop them. There was there was less resistance to test vaccines on on orphan children than there would have been with children uh, who uh, who had parents, right? And it's like, whoa, that's, that's really fun. fucked up and immoral, but. When you're a scientific mind, you go beyond the 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 you you justify certain shit, right? If you're an if you're amoral, let's say you're not immoral, you're just amoral. Okay, you're a scientific mind. What is good? What is bad? Huh, I'm for the greater good. I'm for solving a disease and, and curing disease and this and that over time, and and that's what I'm after. And if that means uh, grave digging, like old doctors and physicians used to do, that they dig up dead bodies freshly buried uh, illegally, and then examine the body to learn about the anatomy of the human being. Right. You know, and uh, that was like a fucking problem. Grave robbery was a fucking problem because of doctors. These nut doctors who go out there and they say, well, you know, I don't really believe in a heaven or hell, so I don't think the sanctity of this person really matters." as far as their body and you know what, this will help me understand and hopefully save lives in the future. So they justify it to themselves and they go out and they, in the middle of the night and they dig up a body and bring it back to their the little lair. And they do what Triple H did, but to a dead body rather than a living one. And, right. uh, but yeah, that's basically yeah, the story. Triple H is a really fucking bad dude. I don't know how many kills they think he had though. Um, so victims, nine confirmed, confessed 27, but suspected to be 200 in total. Wow. Yep. This guy was, I wonder why, I wonder why
0: if he was going to confess, he wouldn't just say the total, the, you know, the real number saying 27, he confessed and 27. They're thinking 200.
1: Yeah. So he tried to, here we go. He even says it. Victims were killed in a mixed-use building, which he owned in Chicago, located about three miles west of the 1893 World's Fair. Columbian Exposition, supposedly called the World's Fair Hotel, and formerly called the Murder Castle. Though evidence suggests the hotel portion was never truly open for business. Uh, he's a con artist, a trigmatist, a tra- trigamist. I don't know what the fuck that is. What is a trigamist? It makes two of us. I don't know. Trigamist is, oh, he, it's just a polygamy. Trigamist, he, he had more, he had three wives at the same time. Huh. You know, a bigamist. Uh, I
0: never knew that word before. A bigamist
1: would be two wives at the same time, but we use it for meaning multiple wives generally. Mm-hmm. Trigamist, I didn't know that. Trigamist is three wives. That's what I mean. So what a, what a four wives would be, what would that be? A, a Quigamist. A, quig- a missed. <laughs> no idea. Anyway, so, so who, well, does it say
0: why he would why he would target certain people, or what you know, what why he how he would pick his victims? Let's see here,
1: first murders. One of Holmes' early murders' victims was a mistress. What's his mistress? Julia Smith. She was the wife of Ned uh, Islius Connor, who had moved into Holmes' building. And began working at his pharmacy's jewelry counter. After Connor found out about Smith's affair with Holmes, he quit his job and moved away, leaving Smith and her daughter Pearl behind. Smith gained custody of Pearl and remained at the hotel, continuing her relationship with Holmes. Julian and Pearl disappeared on Christmas Eve of 1891. And Holmes later claimed she had died during abortion, though what truly happened to the two was never confirmed. See, that's the thing. Uh, so he was killing another Holmes paramour. So a lover of his Emmeline Cregonde, uh, began working in the building and so he's killing the women that he gets involved with. That's extra twisted. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, this, you start an affair with this guy and you break up the family. This guy has a wife and a daughter. You break up the family. He leaves and he leaves his wife and daughter to a monster who will later murder them. On Christmas Eve, apparently, and likely tortured them first. Ugh. Fuck, yeah. Can you,
0: you know, what's so hard for me to wrap my head around is that there. Here's this person, you know, the woman obviously left her husband was having an affair with him. How do you don't don't you think you'd have some kind Responsibility? of a, just like a. Not not responsibility, like inclination of like, hey, there's something kind of weird about this guy. There's something I just can't put my finger on it, but something kind of
1: odd. Like, do you think something maybe would not ring a
0: bell of like? So hey, this hey, guy's you know. a
1: psychopath. He's highly intelligent. One of the things that said about him appears uh, that he was, not only was he a trigonomist, he was a con artist, which means he mu- he gave. Con artist is, is short for confidence, con man, confidence man, confidence artist you imbued confidence in a situation into other people to trust in you. And if you're really intelligent and a psychopath, that is the perfect formula to being a hell of a con artist. If you need to, be. you can gain the trust of a lot of people and a lot of friends and then destroy them for your, for your, your means. So, uh, yeah, I imagine he was, so one of the things about his the courtroom drama that ensued after he got caught was he put on a big show when he took the stand. He was on, he was, he was tearing up crying. I would never all this shit. And everybody was like shocked and it was kind of convincing, but the evidence was so compelling. They just looked at him and they, it was like mouth drop. Like this guy is fucking psycho. Holy shit. This guy's able to break down and, and tell the story like this, you know, and act like, you know, and cry on, on, on command, you know, he feels nothing inside. So I bet you he was very persuasive, you know, and the guy had multiple wives at the same time. It sounds like, or whatever, he's a trigamist. must've been pretty, pretty charming when he wanted to be. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think somebody that's that just
0: deranged and that sick, do you think they have moments in their life where they're just, they realize it and they're just like, Have that super empty feeling inside of like, man, I am a piece of shit person. Or do you think they're just so numb to it that they just don't think they're
1: doing anything wrong? Uh, So there's a picture of him right now. I'm looking at him from the the thing 1895. He's a good looking guy as well. He's a good looking guy. Uh, (sighs) Classic mustache from that time. Bowler hat. Um, when you talk about a psychopath. You, you don't feel anything. You don't have a conscience. You don't care. There's degrees to it, of course, but I think there comes a point of, of, of a lack of empathy where you can be classified as a psychopath. And when you get to that level of lack of empathy, that means, yeah, you don't feel shit for the shitty thing you do. There's no guilt. That's the whole point. So you look at yourself in the mirror or are you liking the person you see? Maybe you do, but you're never satisfied. You're never happy. It's that line from Tombstone. He's got a hole in him. And there's no amount of hate or or killing or anything that could ever fill it. But he constantly needs to fill it. What's he after? What's his revenge? Revenge for what? Being born? It's a fucking classic line. Whoa, heavy. Kind of corny, actually. But uh, Are they talking about? Yeah, Doc. Doc Holly, Holly. talking about Ringo. Uh, Ringo, Johnny Ringo. Oh, when he's yeah. talking to. When he's talking to Wyatt Earp about trying to understand him. Like you can't beat him, you know. You can't. You can't beat this guy. Let me do it. And he psychoanalyzes him. But uh, there is some truth to that. There is this. You. You are an empty soul when you're a psychopath. You know. Like I mean by definition, you're like an empty soul. You don't feel any satisfaction or fulfillment from. From love or, or family or any of that shit. The only satisfaction you get are probably the things that just make you feel good in that moment and if it's killing people you get a high from killing people and torturing then you're just gonna go out there and do that you know and getting away with it too must have been extremely thrilling. It became a sport form most likely you know. If you again, we, yeah. we talked about That's hunting like, in one of our early podcasts, but I think you edited it out. But hunting, and I think it's a valuable experience to to. I think every boy in America should be taken hunting with his with his elders to be to to say to bring them in and say hey join us the men. This is a, a and girls too if you want to achieve masculinity it's a great way to achieve masculinity. But hunting to me is a practice of sociopathy in a way. And in the sense that I don't think if you are risk at risk of being a sociopath, or if you are a so- psychopath born without empathy, you seriously lack empathy, you probably shouldn't be hunting would be my advice. It's, it's meant for people who need to understand the sacrifice involved in getting that meat on your table on that plate. It's a great sacrifice. Right. It isn't easy taking a life. It's a poignant feeling. It makes you, it makes you feel it. You see the life leaving the, the eyes of that animal slowly and it just drifts off and it's looking at nothing. Right. But it, you know, it's eyes are wide open and then they slowly, the lids just kind of lax. And it hits a halfway point across the eye and you know it's dead and you got it's blood all your hands right and so it's not easy and it's a healthy experience for those uh uh who aren't psychopaths or sociopaths to feel it understand the sacrifice but i mean yeah they have a respect for, respect, for what exactly they're doing and why they're doing it but that first kill is always the hardest the next kills, they just get easier and easier and easier as you go along. And then it's great sport, you know, because it's really challenging to kill something most of the time in the wild, that is. And so uh, there's great satisfaction when you pull off and you bring everything together. You bring in your skills, the talent, uh, the practice use of that weapon or whatever you're using and and then the conscious conviction and decision to take the life all that coming together Mm -hmm. at once that is a hell of an accomplishment to be honest it's a hell of an accomplishment because it's not easy every single one of those things is difficult especially that last making the decision to take the life is a very difficult decision to make if you're not a psycho or a sociopath, again, I, I don't advise it if you're suffering from that, or if you think your kid is suffering from a lack of empathy, taking him hunting. Uh, but, but yeah. So, um, so if you're a serial killer, what's the ultimate, you, that, that's that last part, if you're a psychopath, serial killer, that last part, making the decision to take the life is not a difficult decision for you. It's not difficult, it's easy. It's not not much of a decision at all. The only thing is, can I get away with it? What are the risks involved? But everything involved to getting to that point where you can take a life and potentially get away with it, that takes a lot of skill, a lot of practice. It's very challenging. So again, I think it it turns into this good sport for for, for a lot of serial killers, or for Triple H, an intelligent serial killer. This Night Stalker guy, was a demented drug addict, homeless guy who became a Satan worshiper and he had a a real abrasive uh, method to his killing, which was just in home invade random homes that he has zero connection to personally that are easy to access, whether from open doors or windows, go in there and, and use Whatever weapon you want, he'd bring a gun and he'd use the gun when he needed. He felt like he needed to to take out a guy. If there wasn't a guy he needed to take out, it was just women. Then he could just beat him up or strangle him, and do that and run off. And good luck catching me. I, I have zero connection to the, to these people. There is zero motive that you will figure out for why these people were murdered, coming from a guy like me. And yes. that's that's what makes it difficult, right? And, you know, we're talking about how popular it is serial killers are. We're watching all these documentaries are coming out. It seems like a new documentary every, every other month uh, about some serial killer. And I was like, fuck. And we're, we're addicted to it. We love it. And uh, it's disturbing. It's dark. And the mystery. And how do they catch him? And there was a period. It seems like serial killers really... They really became popular starting in the late 60s and then into, like, 1990. And then they kinda, they've kind of kind of fallen off the map. Like, what the fuck happened? Where are all the serial killers, man? And you know what I think? And you're like, oh, watching all the serial killer stuff might inspire other serial killers. All right? And, like, maybe maybe they'll, they'll, they'll start getting a comeback. Ooh, and spooky. But the thing is... I, I think my sister made this point because I made that point to her. And then she came back and said, you know what it is? I bet you it's just really hard to be a serial killer these days because of all the technology and forensics. There's cameras everywhere. Get, you get caught. Maybe these aspiring serial killers get caught after the first kill. And they would have been yeah. gone off to kill lots, but they got caught because technology's so good. And it's like, you're fucking right. It's probably very difficult to be a serial killer these days. Which is a good thing, if it's you ask thing. me. That's it's a great.
0: Uh, you know the, you know the the weirdest part about uh, the night <laughs> soccer documentary. I mean, obviously the guy was a sick fuck, like you said, drug addict, homeless dude, just would would target kids, and uh, the whole right. thing was just super fucked up. But the fact, the, the thing that I thought was interesting, I guess, for lack of a better word, and just looking around at the state of the 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 country today, and maybe the state of the world, was looking at that time frame that was going on. And seeing all the fucking weirdos come out of the woodworks, like the women—that's that a popular, to sleep yeah, that's the popular
1: topic of that one. That, that most people draw. What that, from that was, me. that is fucking I, sick, dude. Can
0: you can you imagine who, who well, are these people? What would, can you imagine? What, I, 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 I
1: what I try to imagine when I see them is confronting one and saying, "Are you aware that he's being accused of raping a six-year-old boy or eight-year-old boy, and then murdering yeah. him?" Are you aware yeah. that he, he, the, there's a six year old girl who was identifying him that kidnapped her, who, who she's saying kidnapped her and raped her for days and then and released her? He, that's the guy. That, that's the guy you want to fuck? You want to be in a relationship with? Like confronting one of those women and saying, I don't know what they would say to that. Other than you lie, maybe? I don't know. But it, it's, they, they must have known. They
0: must have <sighs> known.
1: Dude, Who knows? I don't know.
0: They had to know what he was being. They had to
1: know what he. That was, was being. that was one thing I asked. Like, do you think they? Uh, 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 a friend of mine, I asked her. I was like, do you think they they knew about that? Or and I think her response was, no, I don't think they did. They didn't really care to know. They just saw that this guy is attractive, uh, has a bad boy swagger attitude in the courtroom, doesn't give a fuck, and he's on every station across America. And they wanted their fame horse. That's it.
0: If you ask me, they that's, didn't know. That's, they didn't know the, the, the details. details. That's he's a killer. Ooh, that's yeah. fucking mental. You know, that's that's fucking mental. Stupid bitches, me.
1: right? as, as that lady said. Stupid bitches, <laughs> and that's all they were. As what? As there, what? there was one old lady. Uh, they asked her, like, "What do you think of all the women?" I think they're a bunch of stupid bitches. She said something. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember that part, but, uh, mm-hmm. good way to sum it up. Here's I the not remember. Maybe it's she adorable. was, I don't remember. I don't want to say it. Cause I don't know. I don't know if she was a victim or a journalist that was there or a stenographer in the courtroom. I don't know they huh. <laughs> we are interviewing after the fact. Huh. Um, or a random, or a random lady on the side of the, on the sidewalk. We yeah. decided to interview the yeah. reporter. I can't remember.
0: I I think I, I was looking at that the you know all the the weirdos that were coming out of the woodworks um, to come see him and yeah just want to chicks that wanted to sleep with them and stuff just over fame or whatever. But yeah, that was kind of clicking for me for just the the overall mental illness problem in this country for people that are you know like with the storm in the capital thing. These people these people think that they're they're doing some kind of uh, they think their life's work. Was being done by raiding the capital. I was talking to somebody about that today. Like, these people are going to spend the rest of their lives in prison. And they, do you think they think that was worth it? And they were, I don't in, know, if they were the rest of lives.
1: I don't know how many are going to spend the rest of their lives in prison, but I don't think that's, that's, I don't know. We'll see. I think, uh, I think they're trying to make an example out of them because the powers, this is an attack towards the elite. This isn't, again, we talked about this. The day after, yeah, which yeah, and and I, this, I, this wasn't an attack on your local small businessman, the local guy uh, burning down local. This was a direct attack, and it wasn't in my mind. It wasn't an attack. I already made this point. If they had the intent to kill people, they would have killed people. They overwhelmed the capital. They got inside. They were tens of thousands. You know, they could have done that if they wanted to. That wasn't their intent. They just wanted to be heard and shake, shake their cage a little bit and say, hey, listen to us. You know, you're not listening. That's all it was. And uh, now that being said, were there some agitators that initiated perhaps uh, some of the more extreme things like breaking down the doors and busting through the windows, you know, who actually made that step to do that? Was it? The 55 year old woman, like there were old people inside the Capitol angry, right? But I doubt that 55 year old woman would have been one of the dudes that would have crashed open the window and made that first attempt to surge in. Mm-hmm. She followed after everybody else was in, you know? So, um, so there's that. But so, yeah, there were definitely bad actors, agitators people looking for revolution or or anarchy and they saw this as an opportunity to stir some shit. And, uh, and that being said, maybe, maybe one of those guys had the intent to murder people, but in the end, didn't see anything worth murdering like a, like a Senator or or a congressperson of some sort. Um, so there is that, but the vast, vast majority of even the people who were in the Capitol did not have the, the intent to start killing people because if they did, they would have. That's that to me is very much obvious, um, and so, and you know, they try to say, "Did you you heard about the cop who got killed?" Yeah. Right. Well, they're saying he died. He didn't die that day. They've been reporting that he died that day. He died a few days after, in the hospital, right, mm-hmm. from injuries sustained. Is is the story at the Capitol, and so you had the New York Times, you had, Washington, Every outlet said that he was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher. Well, earlier this week it came out that the coroner said that's a lie. That he did not, he was not bludgeoned to death by anything, especially not a fire extinguisher. So stop saying it. So they just lied about that. He did not die due to violence. And then apparently uh, his brother received a text from him uh, the day before his death on a Wednesday. So this would have been, I guess, January 7th because he was in the hospital due to pepper spraying, something like that. Sustained injuries from pepper spraying his eyes or whatever. Right. Hmm. And he texted his brother. How you doing? And his brother texted back. I'm doing fine, just small minor injuries. The next day, he ends up dead, but we don't know why. And they cremated him quickly. Yeah, that's very odd. Vicious as fuck. And then the news outlet, outlets, mainstream media reported that he was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher. Where they got that story from? Complete fabrication. And it's almost as if they needed to up the stakes of what happened at the Capitol. To make it seem worse than what it what it really was. Right. That's what makes sense to me motive wise. Not saying that's what happened, but I don't have any other. I don't know. But those are the facts. He was not bludgeoned to death by a fire by a fire extinguisher. Every news outlet reported that. Okay. And he died to you know after thinking he was fine. He was admitted for for like pepper spray or bear spray injuries. And one day after telling his brother that he's fine, he's doing good, it's just minor stuff, he ends up dead, mysteriously. Is his brother coming to speak out about this? No, the family's quiet. That And they, that seems and they, cremated, odd. Him, and they cremated him quickly, like the very next day after his death. That kind of sounds like a conspiracy theory to me, man. Well, um, so we don't know why he died, is the point. There is no official thing out. We don't know what happened there. We do know that they lied about how he died with the fire extinguisher. Why would they do that? I don't know. What I stated, those things are facts. What I stated that have come out later. And uh, so I don't know. Hmm. But what was your point about the people storming the, the Capitol again? Like what makes them do that?
0: Yeah, I think I just had an ADD moment of thinking of um, thinking of the you know the these same people that want to go support a uh, serial killer rapist and then tying that together with the you know the current state of this world thing like oh the whole world's going fucking crazy and then
1: realizing yeah, like, I, I, those, I and this has been I would, happening
0: for decades and I
1: wouldn't you know, equate that that them that uh, the rate the the people storming the Capitol to women fucking gushing over a serial killer. Cause they think he's hot. Uh, who are just fucking fame horse. Okay. Uh, I would equate them to sure. Antifa, maybe black lives matter, something like that. People willing to, to commit violence, uh, for a political cause that they believe in wholeheartedly. Okay. Um, now I would argue the degree of violence committed and the vast difference between the two groups, but, uh, and of course the targets are, are vastly different and then that's why it's most egregious the target again was the the leaders themselves that that is unacceptable they can't start allowing that shit. can't start allowing people targeting them they have to put their foot down there they have to make examples of everybody but yeah go ahead burn down your neighbors your neighbor's quickie mark. that's cool with us in fact fighting yeah. for justice because it helps reach, they think, a political end that they desire. But yeah, as soon as you point, point that, that fury, that anger, that violence, if you want to call it that, towards towards them, uh, now shit gets serious. Now they put their foot down. Now everybody is going to prison. Finally, law and order coming from these people. Great. I'm happy yeah, I guess. And to an extent. I just wish it was doled out equally and... And blindly, but it's not. So, Yeah. No, I guess it's a point I haven't thought of before. Yeah. Uh, anyway, serial killer fuckers. Anyway. Um, I wanted oh, to talk uh... about stalking in the modern day and how everybody does it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's hear about your stalking story. Let's hear about that one time when you were sniffing some girl's panties that you snuck into a room. In and <laughs> I remember you told me this story, man. You snuck into a room, you sniffed on her panties, and you got out of there. And you got them. But you got the panties. You got them. I'm joking. That didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> You're sicker than I thought.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, um, I know you've been wanting to talk about stalking in the sense of, uh, of social media stalking actual soggy which i don't know why you're so interested in this conversation because one not again not not my cup of tea not my style <laughs> that story was false about sniffing some random girl's
1: panties not true and i didn't even <laughs> wait you had sniffed random girls panties before you may have not procured them out of their own dirty laundry basket but you've definitely smelled a woman's panties in your hands when she wasn't present right <sighs> No, like a I girlfriend have, have, or something. Like, have, <sighs> it's like a hit of oxygen. man. Have you? <laughs> oh fuck yeah, yeah. Ex-girlfriend or a girlfriend of mine. I just want to smell her her little lady part scent. Oh my yeah. god, dude. Oh yeah. I'm a freak, dude. You better believe it. Are you being for real right now? Yeah, yeah, sure. I've done that before. Yeah. I like huh. the smell of a woman. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that
0: note, what are your Valentine's
1: you fucking, Day plans? You, you fucking wear ladies' panties as a fucking helmet, you fucking sick freak. Don't don't act like you're all innocent. Uh, <laughs> did you say as a helmet? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's a ski mask. Whatever. I don't care. But uh, uh, Valentine's plans. Uh, no, nothing. Just uh, nothing, man. I'm just I'm actually on Valentine's Day itself. I'll be working. I'll be working. Oh. I'll be in the office in the evening afternoon. Why
0: uh, is that like your day
1: where you got to go in and and, it's scheduled? Yeah. We have to hold down the the front desk. So maybe you'll get a Valentine's day
0: present to yourself either, uh, either in the form of money or in the form of something else. Yeah, Yeah. I could have done that. I
1: would have been doing it for years now, but uh, yeah, not likely John. I'm just going to be a (laughs) bastard on Valentine's day. Uh, It's just, you know, I think I speaking of stalking, I just might go outside this girl's house and and outside my car, stare through a window with binoculars. Bag of popcorn, <laughs> Call that my Valentine's Day. <laughs> I heard that from a friend. I was like, what do you think? What do you think a stalker? Like, do you think there are a lot of stalkers out there? Like in right now, out in society, in our society, you think there are lots of stalkers. She's like, oh, yeah, I think there are lots. I'm like, well, what are they doing? It's like, I think, you know. They just kind of follow and, and they maybe they park outside. They just like to watch. That's it. And I just thought, what the fuck? That's so creepy. You know, it's, it's just, I, my, my position on stalking is I'm trying to think. I once did a stakeout with Sam. Uh, it was his idea. And we staked out of, uh, we were, we heard something like Alan was doing a party or or something. And then he denied it we asked him, you got a fucking party going on tonight? And he's like <laughs> over at over at his girlfriend's place and uh he was like, "No, no, there's no party or this and that." And Sam just didn't believe him. Like he's fucking lying. I'm like, Are you, "I don't think he's lying. I don't." And uh and he's, like, "All right, we're going there." And we get in his fucking Corolla and we park outside his girlfriend's house and we do a stakeout to see if a party starts and people sh- show up and we're there for like fucking I don't know how long long time at least an hour or two and uh-huh. but yeah there, there i suddenly found myself in a stalker like situation where i'm staking out of, outside a girl's house and it was fucking weird so that's probably the worst stalker thing i've ever done but you were trying to stalk alan to see if he was having a party right that's
0: correct that was the intent. and you guys just weren't invited, eh, which i i would say is kind of justifiable when it's okay it's funny you you bring that up because now I can think of a, a very similar story. Me and uh, you remember Wyatt went of out course. a couple times. Quick interruption from this podcast for a disclaimer for the remainder of this podcast, please do not listen to this podcast if there are young children around. So if you're in the car driving down the road, you have young ones or those that might be easily offended. Go ahead and press pause or turn it off and listen to it another time. Also, if you're easily offended, which I would imagine if you are, you're not listening to this podcast anyway, now would be a good time to pause or turn it off. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, We had a friend. Strike that last name from
1: the record. No,
0: go ahead. (laughs) We had a mutual friend. Um, Well, it was more of a friend of Wyatt's um, that I I met through him and cool enough guy, notorious fucking cheapskate. After a while, I couldn't stand to be around him because... He was a pathological liar and he would just lie about the dumbest shit like the dumbest shit like dude like we, we don't care like he'd lie about like being in school i'm like I, i'm not in school like i don't fucking care weird if go to college or not yeah, yeah i'm not in school um and why it went by his, his his house one time he was like in the neighborhood just dropped by and, and the kid lives with his mom and he's like oh is, is he home and his mom, or is is he home today or is he is he at school? He's like, I was just stopping by because I was in the neighbor. I didn't know if he was home or if he's in school. And His mom's like, school? He hasn't been to school in a year. So this whole time, this kid says, Oh, I have school this day, I have school this day, I've got school at this time. And he's fucking lying. He's not even in school. He hasn't been in school for a you're, year. You're fucking, and he you do a little you do a little uh French connection uh, <laughs> uh, stalking. Yeah, <laughs> and he was seeing, and he was seeing this this older woman who you know, I think she was a good looking older Wait, woman. It wasn't like there was there. No, no, no. This other guy Wyatt, Wyatt. White
1: was seeing an older woman too. For, yeah.
0: yeah. She was. Yeah. Uh, but you know, this, this other guy was seeing, seeing an older woman and you know, maybe there was more to it that we didn't know. She's, she had to keep it. She wanted to keep it quiet and was like, if you tell anybody about this, I'll, I can't see you anymore where I don't know who knows. Maybe she's going through a divorce, whatever. But there was one night where he's like, "Oh, I can't hang out. I'm doing this." We're like, "Dude, are you going to hang out with your girlfriend?" Like, we don't care. It's like, just tell us. And he's like, "No, man, no." And sure enough, why? It's like, dude, I I know where she lives. He's like, I just want to drive by and see if he's just bullshitting us. And we drive by, and sure enough, his uh, his truck's parked out front. It's like, dude, why do you gotta fucking lie? Like, we don't.
1: Care. So you did you you um, confronted him after.
0: Uh, I actually don't remember. I don't remember. Like, we didn't confront him on the spot there, but I later would have been out,
1: You ring the doorbell I, and knock.
0: I stopped hanging out, I stopped hanging out with him just because I couldn't stand. And from another, another source, uh, another, another mutual friend of Wyatt's and, and this other guy's, he said that, uh, that that the guy would get all this, you know, the chick would do all this weird shit. She'd like peg him from behind and stuff. And maybe, maybe that was why he would tell us. Whoa yeah escalated quickly didn't it yeah back
1: then was it called pegging though
0: I don't know oh, he might have just church. said it more specifically of, of yeah she likes to take a strap on and,
1: and pound yeah. all it we, that just- that's all we call it right we just we just call it back then at least the good old days before this fucking over porn hubification if you will of society we just called it, oh, yeah, she fucked you up the ass with a strap-on dildo. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we refer to that act. And, you know, I was in an argument once. It wasn't even my argument. It was an argument between two buddies. Uh, they had a dispute over, uh, over that act and whether or not it's homosexual or not. Do you think it's homosexual? Hmm. you think it's a homosexual act?
0: <clears throat> huh? I don't know if I'm prepared for that question. Come on, answer it. Come on, man. Think about it. Do you? Is it a homosexual act to
1: have your your doesn't need to be. female partner? Yeah, a female huh. partner doesn't need to be your. Female, just a female partner put on a strap-on dildo and fuck you up the ass with it. Is that homosexual? I'm gonna try and give this
0: <laughs> the most. Fair answer that I can. <laughs> because, you know, people are freaks and they have all kinds of weird kinks and shit like that. You know, some people say that whatever you're hitting the prostate and uh, can feel, feel milking good. Milking the prostate. Yeah.
1: I would say. Have oh, you ever enjoyed like that was, sensation before? Not necessarily getting, up, but, but getting your, your prostate milked or or i don't know tickled i don't know how it works i've never i've never
0: done it greg neither. so i can't i can't answer either
1: Neither. either apparently though it's, it's supposed to make you come on impact like immediately <laughs> <laughs> on, on impact on i'm joking i'm joking go ahead continue continue with your situation
0: um, do i do i think it's gay not necessarily do I think it's weird yeah I think I think it's weird do I think it's demasculating I'd say yeah I think it's demasculating. but is it gay? emasculating emasculating excuse me um do I think it's gay not really you know if you're de- I, here's where I think it's weird and taboo and, and and gay and I don't I don't mean that in a bad sense like you're gay you're be gay but it's these are just the things that se- send my curiosity up in there of just like I get gay I get lesbian i get by get but i don't get i'm with a woman i love said woman i'm monogamous with women but i ha, i'm going to i'm going to have uh, i let some guy you know i take it in the coke by some random guy just cuz i like oh i like the feeling on my prostate cuz i've heard shit like that and that's just bizarre wait, to me i don't get it wait, man it's fucking wait, weird wait
1: wait 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 i don't yeah, even understand yeah, that one. Her- i i thought you were going with cuckoldry but you're talking about a random dude like a straight guy, he's married or has a girlfriend he's in love with, and they bring back a bisexual dude to fuck him in the ass.
0: I've yeah, I've heard stories, heard stories. Well, that's homosexual, that
1: like you know, from
0: from from the you know from the the said gay person. That oh like how how'd you meet so and so and I meet this other person and it's a straight guy with a girl and it's like oh like I used to sleep with them. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) What did I miss here? Yeah, like I I used to sleep also not even a bisexual,
1: just a a straight up homosexual. I that's that's the so the girl's getting zero
0: from the strange dude. Uh I think, I think now you lost me, Mr. Jim
1: Beam, over well, there. Well, no.
0: When you know him as long as I have, you
1: so start calling him James. But, uh, no, uh, I'm talking about, you You just described, I said, bisexual guy. Guy has a girlfriend. Maybe she's in the room watching, is what you're saying? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. No, no, no. Um, from my understanding. Because that just sounds like a closeted homosexual who just hasn't come to grips with his own sh- shit. And it's going out on maybe a girlfriend, it. maybe he get fucked in the ass by some dude.
0: Maybe that's it. Now, I, that's the thing, I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns there, but yeah, though just from the story I heard, whether he was had a girlfriend at the time or had a girlfriend later, at one point he took it in the coke so, from another dude. Is
1: is is wasn't. a
0: slang term for asshole for you to you. Is
1: that uh, I, okay? Yes. I, I haven't
0: heard that one. Okay, it's
1: cool, huh.
0: I guess. It, it it might not be the actual correct term for it. I just the
1: coke say. hole, maybe, but for me, coke <laughs> hole. I say I'm cleaning my coke holes, and I what I mean is my nostrils when I say that, you know. I'm not mm-hmm. thinking my asshole because I only have one asshole, but you know. But anyway, that one's yeah. yeah, that's you say you don't understand that that's just a either a bisexual or a homosexual guy who has a beard. Mm-hmm. And he needs to get dick up the ass every now and then. That's what that sounds like to me. But that's that's not what I'm talking about. I brought up getting pegged, and is it homosexual act? And you're saying it's not gay. It's fucking weird, but it's not gay. Cool.
0: I would say, yeah, I, I don't think it's
1: gay. If You're having
0: your, you. your your girlfriend or your wife doing it. That's what you're into. Well, I mean, that's okay, man.
1: that's exactly was my stance. Technically speaking it is not a homosexual act because it's two people of the opposite sex doing this sexual act. That's a heterosexual act then. Now it seems gay as fuck, right? Because This is what <laughs> gay men do. They poke each other in the bunghole, right? And that's what this lady's putting on it. And, and maybe if you made it less phallic shaped, the, the strap on build or more cylindrical, it seem less gay, right?
0: Um, more cylindrical
1: yeah right it seemed less gay and then it would be like okay this is this is less homosexual feeling esque. so I get the sentiment why you think it's gay not saying you but why one would but technically speaking strictly scientifically speaking it is not or, or I shouldn't say scientifically but uh, uh, um, semantically speaking it is not homosexual and we got onto that because my buddy, I won't say his name, uh, he had a, uh, a buddy's dad. So it's this kind of like a degree of a degree. Of a degree. I know this, this dad guy personally, though, on a personal level. But this guy gets a lot of ladies, all right? Um, just a consummate bachelor and perennial bachelor. And he's a sex addict. And uh, he needs to get his nut with the, with the help and the facility of a woman like every other day. And so I'm sure he uses prostitutes and all this stuff, Uh, but he apparently he was propositioned by this really hot chick that she said, I'll let you fuck me, but uh, you have to let me fuck you first. Peg you strap on dolo up your ass and he thought about it and he asked some people like, should I do it? Should I not? And he was friends with this pro baseball player who was also quite the lady killer naturally. And he asked him, and the guy was like, Oh, yeah, it's awesome. You'll love it. You do it. But he didn't do it. And he rejected her. And then afterwards, he regretted it. He wished he, he went ahead and got pegged. And so he could have put it in her and have the experience, I suppose. That's my next question. Hmm. If your fiance really, really needed it, really needed to try it, would you say yes? He's like, I really just, I want fucking. I want to give it back. I want to give you back a little bit of what you're, what you've been taking, you know? And uh, what would you, what would you do? I would say. <laughs> no. <laughs> what if it was like, Oh my gosh, like, I can't be this. You're not going to do this for me. You don't really love me. I guess. Uh, I don't know if this is going to work out because you, know, you can't satisfy my needs. What if it goes there? Uh, I'm I'm working for the divorce angle already. No, I'm joking. Don't answer that question. I'm joking. I'm joking, joking. I was
0: I was gonna say plenty of fish in the oh sea, man. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I have been flogged by a woman once. One flog, or maybe maybe What's not that? a flog. It was a uh, what are those things that the horse the horse. Uh, things it's it's like a it's a it's a it's like a dowel and it's got a little leather flap at the end and you, you're supposed to paddle or whatever <laughs> not paddle but smack the back of a horse's ass I that oh, yeah, one yeah. time in in exchange for a blowjob and she was being very stingy when we were in the act and i was like what the fuck and so she was like it was a little trade-off but she got off to depriving, to depriving, to torture, to tease, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's not really my style, but I have to say, yeah. I did not enjoy it at all. I did not. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's it. Nope. I'm out. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not into pain or biting or none of that. I'm. What know. I've learned is that, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, in this scenario where I'm thrown, I'm thrust into an s and situation, I will do it if it's the girl who needs to be dominated. It's the sub, rather, and I'll be the dom. I can do that for you because I was sort of raised sexually for my first girlfriend that way. And uh, do I need it? No. Sometimes in the mood for it? Sure. But no, not really. It depends yeah. on what lady you're with. And I do know that if you're a Dom lady, I probably am not compatible in that direction as being a sub. And it reminds me of that joke. Did I tell you that joke about, you know, if you ever got your ass, a man getting his asshole looked by a woman, like there's no position where the guy doesn't look effeminate trying to get his ass to look. It's like he's got his legs behind... He's got his ankles behind his his, his, his ears, you know, or he's he's kind of a doggy-style position, sticking his ass out to get it lit. Like, all these weird compromising situations that are quite infeminate. It's a really funny idea, and it happens yeah. to be true. There's no way you can get your asshole dealt with in any situation, whether it's a pegging or analingus situation, uh, where it's not... It's very... Yeah, you're being dominated, you know. You're 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 being submitted, submissive, you know, and and it's very effeminate, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's not for me. It's just not for me. But uh, but to each his own. I don't judge, you know. You want to go for it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Everybody's got their things, man. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, I hope you enjoy your Valentine's Day of getting pegged, you, uh, you 20 Yeah,
1: well, if I if I am getting pegged, it's going to be to my, you know, I have to do it by myself. I've got no partner to do it with that I know. Well, I guess I, I shouldn't say that, but uh, no, I'm not. If anybody's getting pegged, it's you, is the, is the point I'm trying to get at. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's funny you're talking about pegging, and we just reached sixty nine minutes on oh, that man. note. I I got <laughs> my favorite I got position.
1: It, man. Uh, okay, man. Yeah, sounds good. I think this always always interesting, uh, always good. We talked too long about that fucking uh, movie, Point Break. In my opinion, couldn't let it go. Well, well, there's always next. <sighs> yeah, there always is. Tune in next week. We'll talk about incels and ball cells. My favorite. <laughs> I don't know of all cells so we'll oh, have that, to,
0: yeah we'll have to get into hilarious. it. it's
1: all they're hilarious. Wow. I think they're hilarious. V-cells are even funnier. Incels shouldn't be funny. In cells is kind of pathetic and sad and we should sympathize and do something to help these people. But a vol v-cell is that to me is that is hilarious. I'll get into that one. But yep. All right, always fun talking
0: with you man. Next uh, next week we'll have to do drinks. Sure.
1: Sure. Well, I'm doing a drink right now, right? You didn't participate